filming spacewalks in virtual reality. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Yannicka Mickelson, Guinness World Record holder, explorer, new tech filmmaker, and visual effects cinematographer for the Netflix movie, Stowaway. Welcome, Yannicka. Thank you. That's, that's quite a handful of titles there. It sure is, and you earned it. So give us a quick summary of how you got involved in movie production and how you came to be associated with the Netflix movie Stowaway. Oh, um, all right. So hmm, how do I keep this short? Um, so what I do is, is uh, uh, new tech filmmaking, basically anything digital. Um, I started with 3D uh, films, you know, back when that was cool in 2009, 2010, and 2011. Um, uh, I actually started with 3D filmmaking, 3D photography way back. Um, I used to be a paraplegic after a horse riding accident. And uh, that's when my love for 3D photography started. And, and who knew that like 10 years later, that would actually become a career. So that was just the thing I did as a teenager to, you know, pass time. Uh, and now I work in, um, I, digital cinematography has sort of become its own beast, it's its own genre of cinematography. Um, we're no longer just cinematographers who uh, step in in visual effects and sort of light the scene afterwards. We're actually there from the very start, working really closely with the DP and, and trying to seamlessly merge these two worlds. Um, I love photorealism. I'm, I'm not into sort of like pure uh, game design. I, I just want it to be as realistic as possible. And, and these are the new cinematographers you're seeing coming up now, um, especially like uh, now that you have, you know, the different gens, Gen Zs, millennials. I'm an elder millennial. <laughs> and then, um, then you've got, uh, you know, the Gen Xs. And really, that's just um, a division of technology we were exposed to. That's, that's how I see the division. So um, really it's just sort of this new generation of people exposed to technology coming up. And now you're a part of the movie Stowaway. So how did that come about? Um, well, it was pretty easy actually. It was just a phone call. <laughs> so I was working really closely with, um, uh, it actually happened a few years prior, um, just after I directed Queen's music video and we did it in 360 and 3D. Um, so I went to go and speak at Disney and Disney was showing me some really cool things that they had in the works, like some R&D stuff and where you could actually step into the storyboard and you could film the storyboard and you could move objects about and um, you could walk around with a virtual camera on your shoulder and, and you know, the thing would track you and you could it was just this whole whole new world of possibilities. And, and I kind of forgot it. And then uh, a few years later at one of the tech conferences, um, I came to meet um, Wes and Habib from Digital Monarch Media and, and it turned out to be like an early iteration of their system. So now they had this incredible um, VCAM technology, which is called Exposure, um, which is part of Unity now. So, you know, a lot has happened in the past few years uh, and um, they just had this incredible tool. I think they just wrapped up, finished, uh, let's see, they just finished Greyhound and Ready Player One where the technology was used. And um, Stowaway was sort of the first feature, which was sort of like a lower, lower budget feature 
um, but definitely a script that was designed for uh, virtual cinematography. Uh, and that's sort of how I got involved. Without giving too much of the stowaway storyline away, set up the scene where two of the characters have to make a spacewalk between distant sections of a spinning spacecraft. All right, so their mission, their target is to get from the crew quarters, uh, climb the tethers to the solar array, make it over the solar array, make it up or down tether to the Kingfisher where they wanna retrieve oxygen from the liquid oxygen tanks. Uh, a rocket launches with liquid oxygen from Earth. So in theory, there could be some oxygen left for the crew there. Um, they need to um, retrieve the oxygen and make their way back again. And this is sort of the grand uh, EVA scene. So the, the spacewalking scene, which we call EVA. Um, and to film this scene, obviously we couldn't be in space. We couldn't chase, <laughs> we couldn't chase the spaceship in, in Mars orbit. So, well, not Mars orbit, it's actually a sun orbit around Mars, but so what we did is we put it inside of a game engine. Um, and just to make life easier for us, we didn't actually spin the spaceship. We actually just spun the stars around us. So the stars are spinning around us every um, twice, every minute, which also is oh, very, very, very difficult to keep your bearings and figure out where you are, like what's relative. Where is the sun? Where is Earth? Where is Mars? What's up? What's down? <laughs> totally messes with you because uh, because you're swinging around with this thing, you know, with the spaceship. Um, so what we did with um, the virtual cinematography is instead of coming in at the very end of the movie, we actually started at the pre-visuals, so at the storyboard. So when you start as early as a storyboard, then you've got time to bring the team together. Uh, and originally with Stowaway, I don't think Clemens, the DOP, was actually part of it. Um, but the, the closer we looked at what we had, you know, the task ahead of us, I realized, okay, we need to make some really important decisions in pre-production. So we need to get the DOP on board as soon as possible. So I'm not going over his head and choosing some sort of camera equipment or lenses or studio build that will ruin his vision. Um, so then when we start in pre-production and we create the storyboard is, you can see it as a, a very interactive storyboard, right? Where you're actually inside the storyboard and you don't have actors, you just have these sort of um, ragdolls <laughs> that you follow around and they don't actually walk, they just, move like this but i am walking around in this set okay so wherever i stand i don't have to stand on the spaceship i can stand anywhere in space and decide what is a level where i'm going to stand and handhold the camera or where in space am i going to lay down rails or am i going to put in a crane am i going to put in a jib so i've got all these toys to my disposal which is epic i can go totally michael bay on it without the budget so there, uh, in pre-production, we're already figuring out our shots, right? And we're also getting communication is flowing within the crew. So when you're on a film set, usually, you know, it can take two to three weeks to actually get proper communication between all the departments and everybody on the same page. Here, you're actually, um, 
you're actually ironing out those differences really quickly. Uh, and everybody can see um, the repercussions of a creative choice made. Um, actually, I was just talking to Terry about this just before we were talking, because uh, we were joking that, um, you know, the only entry level position on a film set is a director. And that's not a dig against you, Joe. <laughs> Absolutely not. He's a great director, but uh, cinematography isn't something you can BS, you know. Um, there are real uh, repercussions for creative decisions that you make. It could be cost, it could be time, right? It can also be down to what the actor has to perform. So now we're exploring all those alternatives before we actually go to the set and start filming. So we're actually producing the film and seeing exactly how the camera should move, where should the lights be, who should be setting up for what for the next shot, what, what's required in this scene, um, how long is Anna Kendrick going to take to walk from point A to point B? Will she want to, you know, when she's in the moment to spend a little bit more time? Does she want to read the script differently? So we start really uh, organically with a table read, ragdolls, um, positioning, blocking, and just stepping into the scene like that. And just to be clear, by Terry, you mean our mutual friend, Terry uh, Vert, space shuttle astronaut and a fledgling film director. Absolutely, aspiring film director. <laughs> well, he did, he did actually, he has directed his first movie, which I'm very proud of him for having directed one more of it. That's, that's impressive if you've never done filmmaking. So what were the challenges that you faced uh, filming the sequence? Um, ironically enough, nausea, it, it was very difficult. Um, so even though you're not on a spinning spaceship, you're, you are actually in a terribly, um, boring office. It's not even a green screen. You're just in a office, uh, and you move all the tables and you move all the chairs. So you make sure you have enough space because when I'm going to use my fingers, if I take a step to my right, I can choose if that's going to be um, the same as one centimeter or 10 miles, you know? So I can decide how far I actually move in this space. So I can make myself um, really big or really small. It's, it's this incredibly fun world when you work virtually, everything is virtual and size is also virtual. So you need to try and figure out according to feeling, um, what's the right thing for the scene so what we discovered is like the hardest thing to mimic in a game engine is gravity strangely now uh and also you know okay but you have gravity and and it's like oh well that's a little bit too much camera shake can we try and make it softer because there's a sci-fi so you know where is a happy medium between a sci-fi uh in space with gravity on the spaceship so you talked about planning and preparation what yeah. creative adjustments did you have to make on the fly? Okay, so what what uh, the DP Clemens Becker he was he was looking at the scene and he was like, ah, oh, this isn't right. Like, um, and then we realized, okay, the sun isn't filtered in space, and we we didn't realize this until we were actually lighting the scene in the game engine, uh, and we, <laughs> we realized all the problems we would have. But then you're also uh, you've got a one-to-one -one physical build of the set in the game engine. And then 
uh, Clemens really realized how far away the light source has to be um, to replicate that direct sunlight for the sun. So we were looking at we were looking at um, the movie, you know, and how Wilhelm Sigmund shot it, and you know, do we have to reflect it into a mirror? How can we work with the size of the studio that we have? And I think he eventually decided that okay, we just need to rent the largest studio in Germany, like the tallest studio in the world, because there's no way we can replicate the sun in space in a studio and have it be the same as in the game engine, because the game engine is true to reality. So that was probably the biggest thing we learned and hadn't foreseen. I mean, had we thought about it for a while, we probably would have thought that, oh yeah, there is no atmosphere in space. There's nothing to filter the sun. But uh, yeah, that was a major cost thing that we had to, that had to be changed. So then what technological advancements do you see on the horizon that offer the next big step in VR or even in game engines and film? Um, the next step is what so what I love about virtual cinematography is that we're all standing on this virtual set together. Um, it's it's you can look at it as a multiplayer universe and you can access this universe through virtual tools. So you can access it through your phone, use your phone as a monitor, you can access it through uh, a camera viewfinder, you can access it through a TV screen, um, maybe eventually through smart glasses, through virtual headsets. Um, what's difficult with the virtual headsets is that you can't have eye contact with the other people. But now that you have this multiplayer universe for filmmaking, um, it's like location scouting before you actually build a location. And, and that's so valuable. And as a cinematographer, you can, you can get on the same page as the director really quickly and, and the editor as well. And, you know, how can I make this film as efficient as possible so that I'm not filming 20 takes or covering the scene with six or seven cameras when they only actually need two, you know? So since I've shot the movie three to four times now and it's gone through the entire production from set build to, you know, what the director wants, what the actors want, um, what the editor wants and, you know, what post-production wants. And now that we've sort of ironed out all those problems and we've made it smoother and smoother and smoother. So by the time it moves on to set, um, you wouldn't really have to communicate much. Everybody knows what's gonna happen next. It just runs faster, it runs quicker, it runs smoother. Um, and it still has that feeling, you know, the, the magic of filmmaking where you can be spontaneous, but you know exactly where you can be spontaneous. So you're not, wasting money and that's what I love about it. Yannicka Mickelson, new tech filmmaker and visual effects cinematographer for the Netflix movie Stowaway. So exciting. You did such a great job. I'm excited to see your future work. Uh, if somebody wants to maybe understand better about what it's like to be a new tech filmmaker, uh, I'm really just want to connect with you. What's the best way they can do that? Um, either through my website or um, through social media. Uh, or my email, which is jm at yannickamickelson.com. And I really hope you write that down because I cannot spell it. <laughs> and find more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.